There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of TED Talks. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast where I get together with my friends and people who inspire me to talk about real life issues over a glass of wine. And I thought, what better a topic to kick off one of the hugest celebrations of the year than Pride? So this month marks the 100th year in Pride, and it's going to be one of the biggest celebrations that London will have seen in years. So why is this year so special? So this year marks 50 years since the partial decriminalisation of homosexuality in the UK and three years since the UK voted to legalise same-sex marriage. And that to me is something that needs celebrating, but also we have so much work to do and we need to pull together to do it. So I thought I would bring on two of my favourite guests, Colette and Roisin, and have them share their personal experiences of pride and really kick off Pride Month with a bang. Happy listening, guys. Hi, listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Teb Talks. I'm joined by two of my regular friends, Roisin. Hello. And Colette. So today we're going to talk about, um, basically, it's more of an interview than our regular format for our Teb Talks podcast. But I'm going to have a chat with my good friends about their experiences of being in the LGBT community. And we just want to share that with you. And I want to understand what it was like for them. And I want to understand what our perspectives are moving forwards and what we can do to change some of the discrimination or the lack of narrative that surrounds this topic in celebration of Pride Month. This really stands out for me. Whoop, whoop, indeed. Because... My birthday's in June and our birthday weekend, mine and my younger sisters, we normally have a joint birthday party every year, is normally Pride weekend. And it was just that growing up, it was a fucking weekend that took over my birthday party. And now it's become a month. And actually it's something that I'm really grateful for because I feel like when there's any agenda that needs to be pushed culturally or in society, it starts off as a day that no one gives a shit about. And then you maybe get a celebrity on board and it progresses to a week. And then maybe you get a ribbon or some colour attached to it so people can wear and celebrate that. And then when it gets to be something that's recognised and celebrated over a monthly period, it's something that people really care about and are really going to try and change and push positively. Because then that month becomes a year and it becomes normal and it becomes life after that. And you don't need a week or a month to celebrate that difference because it's just part of the status quo. So Well said. This was a really big thing for me to want to celebrate with my friends. And just for me to explore as somebody that just cares about the people around them in the life that I lead. So I saw a tweet recently, 
not to dampen what you've just said because I think it was incredible but it said when it was a protest you turned a blind eye when it was a party you wanted to join in which I think is what a lot of people from the LGBT community have or like carry with them especially I think the older generation who have absolutely like protested and fought and like come out when it was incredibly hard for them and now pride's a party right and that's really cool I like I love that I'm I celebrate it I'm like yes I want everyone to come and celebrate with me but I think for some people it is hard because they're like oh it's a party now 30 years ago when we were getting shit thrown at us and we were getting you know the god squad no offense so on on the Pride March, and this still happens in London, like at Charing Cross, you will have a lot of very religious people. You know, you're going to hell, all that jazz. Actually, when I'll I see you there, when I walk past them, I feels I do. I actually pity them. I'm like, oh, I'm. It's I feel so sorry for you that you've got this much hate, and and like they're just a bit of a joke. But you know, Pride is incredible, and it's a big party now. But it was really hard for some people 50 years ago, and I hold my hands up I was not part of that parade but props to those people who were because no, I it's think, incredible I think that it, it's where you have any struggle or you have any protest that's part of it and mm. that doesn't negate what happened 50 years ago but it, what it does do is dictate what's going to happen in the next 50 years and that's the part that we have control of and it's so nice like I, I honestly never thought I'd see the day which sounds ridiculous where my straight friends would be like talking about a pride and really yeah absolutely it's really really lovely so I'm really pleased to be here chatting about it so what was it like for you coming out as corny as that sentence is what a weird thing for me to ask god I've never been asked that jokes no of course (laughs) uh I was incredibly lucky is what I would say and I suppose if I think back about, I've, I mean, I've come out so many times and I still come out. I still come out at work. Every day, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> if I meet, you know, if I meet a new person at work and I sort of say, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm meeting my partner later, later. And they say, oh, what's his name? And then there's that awkward coming out moment, which I still see as coming out. Do you see out. that as coming out? Uh, yeah, I do. Because, you know, that person has no idea and it's just not the norm is it you know sometimes I have fun I mean, with that the use of the word partner as a non-married woman but there's so many people that are like Zoom, what's his name anyway so I was incredibly lucky I went to university and had a great time and had lots of good friends but I was really ashamed of being gay and I, it was only me who knew and I, sort I, of, I kept that. that really secret no genuinely I'm, <laughs> sorry I'm really surprised because we went to the same school and um, I think it was really homophobic. No, our school was incredibly I homophobic. I remember there, was, there yeah. was another girl in sixth form who came out as gay and she was... Bullied. Absolutely bullied, yeah. yeah. I remember. So, uh, like, of course, I was really... But I think that when we were at school, so we went to an incredibly Catholic, all-girls, basically convent school. And obviously, homosexuality was not something that was celebrated and it was actually something that you're sort of taught against yeah but Mm. when we were like 11 12 years old I don't think that was us understanding what gay even was it was something that you said to your mates oh you're gay that is part and parcel of your childhood but it also is a massive like when you are coming out and you've had 11 years of people using the word gay as a negative it's not going to make it any easier Mm. and I feel really I feel terrible when I say it was ashamed 
I was ashamed and um, so that, so it took me a long time. And when I did feel like I was ready to come out, I told um, one of my best friends and it took me about maybe four months to tell her because I was, I knew, I knew that I was, I knew that I was attracted to women, but I just didn't know how to say it. And I thought, oh no, I'm, I'm thinking that, but I'm not really, or I'm thinking that. And I genuinely thought, oh, but I can control it. Anyway, so I, I told my friend Catherine and it took everything that I had to tell her. So she turned around to me and she was like, okay, when are we going to Soho? And I literally, I, I like still now, I'm like, that was a point in my life where it changed my life. And I, when it's the fear, it's a fear and, and it's a fear and it's a ridiculous fear because now I look back, I'm like, oh God, of course all my friends are like liberal and open minded. But, but explain that to me because what, okay, what is so that one of that the things because that it's I, it's not the same as hiding a secret from somebody and, you know, them thinking your friends are going to ditch you. Because well, I did think my friends would ditch me because I thought they'd think I was lying to them because I'd lived a straight life. Inverted I mean, comments. inverted commas. I've been your friend since exactly. you were 11 years old. It so wasn't I don't know really how straight, a straight that life, life was. Yeah. But I mean, I, I sort of, I didn't, and I didn't pretend to like men, but I'd just be like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy's okay, I suppose. <laughs> But, you know, and I felt like I'd been lying to my friends. That's what I felt. I felt like they'd be like, why have you lied to me for all this time? And do you fancy me? And do you, you know... I'm and- not going to lie to you. One of the first things I thought was, I remember when we went to Malia the first time. And I, for some reason, I cannot understand now, was really insecure about my body when my body was banging. <laughs> and it was that first moment we'd got to the hotel and we got... I think it was a show with you and and um, Woodsy. Woodsy, yeah. Mm. And I got out and I refused to take my sarong off, so I'd like done it up really fancy. And I was so insecure about getting in the pool with everybody else. Whole another podcast. And you just turned around to me and you said, "You shouldn't be ashamed of your body. You've got a really nice figure." Oh my god, she hit on you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you said it in such an appreciative way of the oh. female form. That but I felt comfortable. Do you know what I mean? No, but you said it in a way <laughs> as if like it was yeah. a, a guy that it was a different perspective the way you said it. Mm. Whereas my my best mate Carla, she says shit like that to me all the time, and I was like, whatever. But yeah, I all did- right, lots. <laughs> trying to be nice. <laughs> but the way that you said it just oh. felt different. And when you told me when you came out to me, the first thing that popped into my mind was that time with the green sarong. She said oh really? Was. Yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, funnily enough, all my friends are incredibly beautiful, aren't they? I feel like but I've never fancied so, them. Because we're not attractive. But just because, I, I don't know, no, no, I just, I just haven't, I don't know why. I, I suppose I'm lucky because if I had fancied them, that would have been in deep trouble, wouldn't they? You know, aka Colette's story coming up. <laughs> anyway, so I had a really lucky experience and I will never, ever forget what Catherine did for me that night when she was like okay let's go to Soho that genuinely changed my life because I was also working at an extremely Catholic school workplace where I just wouldn't have come out and you know there were people in my workplace who were like oh um don't tell the head teacher that I'm living with my boyfriend without being married so I was like yes I was like right I'm not gonna let them know my story (laughs) um because I'm living in Soho with a woman. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I was very lucky. And then after I told Catherine, I told Jane. So yeah, I, I I told people because by mistake. I told people because other people told people before them, and that was really upsetting. And I told why was that upsetting? 
Because it was gossip. Like I told one of my best friends that I was gay and they told somebody else who I ha- wasn't ready to tell yet. And I Do you not think though so I'm just gonna play devil's advocate here for just a little bit. Do you not think that's just part and parcel of being a woman? Because I've found from a completely different, very much lower down experience, when you've told somebody that you trust and love something in confidence really personal to you, mm. and they don't know what that holds to you. No, absolutely not. Ready to share and I that. understand that now. But that's why I, I'm so intrigued to understand what it felt like when it was something as big as that. Because Yeah, I, I felt really upset and not betrayed, that's a bit extreme but I just I felt like oh you have no idea how much this means to me and how hard it was for me to tell you and you've just you know and you've used it as gossip and that's but it's just part and parcel I could have been pregnant and they would have said the same you know they might have said the same thing it's just it's upsetting but I mean they definitely would have said the same thing yeah gay and pregnant (laughs) (laughs) but you live and you learn but overall I have been incredibly incredibly lucky with all my friends and I actually remember all the times like I remember talking to my friend Mary and Nando's I was incredibly lucky and my family were really good to me and I was really worried about my family especially my mum's family because they're very catholic but they I think it helps that I'm going out with Colette because everyone loves Colette and that's um pretty handy to like bring along oh I'm I'm gay but this is who it is with (laughs) and then they're like oh well she's great oh sorry you're what don't care it's Colette so I sort of have it's easier when you're with someone I think to sort of explain I think that's actually very very poignant because whenever you have a a difficult challenge to explain or share in your relationship if the triumph or the tribulation you're having to portray is with somebody that's loved or liked, right? And then you can say, yeah. And then you can say, no, this is why, like, look at this person, meet this person and they fall in love. And then you're like, okay, so it's not that that bad. People should accept your choices. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You should be able to go out with a complete asshole and still have the same reaction. Very true. And I don't know why we judge people on their other half so heavily. Do you think it was easier for you coming out having sort of grown up in London and... No, absolutely not. I used to go out with this girl from Poland, which is obviously we know a very sort of... Um, well, it's not as forward thinking maybe as the UK. Is the word that people I didn't say. want to say that. And it, her story was like, I was 14. There was about 10 gay girls in, in my year. Oh. Everyone was out. Yeah. Uh, it was all easy breezy and I was like oh my god I went to school I I like 0207 I'm from London and (laughs) no one in my year was gay like no one was ever going near that fucking story no I like had I like suppressed myself until after university I was really yeah but I do think our school was a bit extreme I think, but I think it depends on your school. And I think that it it genuinely just depends on who you meet and I didn't meet any gay women until I was it was after university, so I might have been 23. I didn't even meet gay women at university, really. And then I met this woman at this place that I was working at, and I said to her, she was American, and I was like, who's your... Like, I said, oh, where does your partner live? Um, because she had married to move to the UK. She was American, and she said, oh, it's my wife. And instantly I was like, oh. Like, there is a normal... Not a normal... 
There is a no, you le- can say a lesbian. Well, I mean, to me, I just had I had again the but media. Like, it's terrible yeah, but stereotypes it's the, of like skinheads, which isn't a bad thing because I love a skinhead. And also, I just never met anyone, so I was like, is there anyone else out there that I would ever meet? But also, you, know? you did meet other gay women; they just hadn't come out yet. Because I'm pretty sure there are a handful of gays in our year. No one's gay apart from me, and that's. Do you speak to all ninety-four of the other people in our year? Ninety-six. No, I don't. Plus two. Can you do the math? With no, because all lesbians know each other. (laughs) No, they don't. Um, (laughs) After I met this woman and found out that she was gay, selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com and saw that she was a really nice woman i started watching a show called the l word it's a story as old as time um it was a massive part of my coming out really yeah absolutely and of course i realized it was a shocking television program well i was like oh god there are other people like me it's going to be okay. That's what I always remember thinking. It's going to be okay. And then I came out to Catherine and then I was, um, and then my life started, I think. And I was really, oh, that's such a beautiful phrase. Really happy. But actually, I'm going to let Colette speak in a minute. But before that happened, I went to university and I didn't come out. And I met lots of people. And I met some people, especially. And they became incredible friends to me. And I always think, and I know I I don't really like that phrase, everything happens for a reason. However, I always think I've made these incredible friends and it's sixth form. So like through my school, sixth form, university, and I've still got those friends. And I think, oh, if I had come out earlier, maybe I wouldn't have had those friendships. And that's what I really like. Like, I don't wish that I came out any earlier. I don't wish that I was, I had, you know, that's it. I don't wish I'd come out any earlier because I have these incredible, incredible friends. And you can still make friendships now, I'm aware, but I'll always be grateful for having that time to not have to worry about a love interest because I just had my friends. And God, that's such a, I wasn't expecting that that's where that was going to land. I thought 
it was going to be a, a different reason as to why you thought that was great. That's so God, that makes me cry, Rose. Oh no, I'm I'm really I I always think that that's the reason why maybe I came out a bit late. I'm really pleased for it. But I do think that people come in and out of your lives at certain times for a reason. I don't think mm. everything happens for a yeah, reason. Yeah, that's true. But it's it how people yeah. come in and out of your lives. But it was just not a surprise to me when you told me, so I wasn't... Yeah. Well, mine and Tevye's story was slightly different. <laughs> so the rest of my coming Terrible. out story is where I got caught in the act. Um, and, Although yeah. I'm so selfish, I hadn't realised I'd caught her in the act. I just thought she was blanking me. I was like, how very dare you? We were in Soho. We, we were, were in outside Soho. the... Um... But I was going to a gay club and Tevye was like, Rasheen! I was like, oh my God, fuck, I've been caught. You know, because at that point I was really undercover. Like, you know, I was telling, I we like, were one young. person we in my life undercover. knew. Walking around I was <laughs> <laughs> I You don't know what it was like back then. <laughs> in um, rainbow camo. I was, you know, I was going on a date or something awful. And Ted was like, oh my God, like I'm going home, but like text me later, let's meet up. And I was like, Okay, and normally I would have been like, I probably would have been out wearing no O'Neills or walkabout, babe. Come and meet us. <laughs> Classy bird. But this time I was like in freedom or something. And I was like, okay, I'm just not going to text Tebaho because how can I explain that I was, you know. I'm pretty sure that I bumped into you in a gay bar. That's why I was even more shocked and when no you told me your story. Oh, might be a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we went, so time passed and then we went to this wedding and Teb pulled me aside and she was like, I really just feel like something shit's happened between us. Like, why did you just bank me that night? And then I really got emotional because I was like, oh, I, I could lose my friends over this. And I felt really scared to tell you guys. I felt, I, I still feel now, I don't, I remember so many coming out stories. I don't remember telling a lot of, you guys, girls, yeah. because I was just so scared. I was so scared of the rejection, and now it, it's it's the opposite. But I I was like, I just thought, I suppose you're very white picket fence, and I know I know you're looking at me like, no, I'm fucking not. But I know I'm that just like a, a lot of the you, romantic dream, okay? And I I just yeah, I was just really scared, and then I when you say that I'm white why. picket fence, what do you like? Why I don't does that think scare you? you're white. Well, I just think you'd be like. Well, I remember one of our friends said about another of our friends, which is tricky to talk about on the podcast. I realise with no names, they met a girl, and they said that person who you and I went to school with. They were like, they'll never invite me out now that I've got a girlfriend. They d- they used to invite me all the time when I was straight. Now they've got a girlfriend, they just don't want to know. And it seems like, I don't know about oh. you, but like, you're, you're scared. You're, you're living in fear because you are in a minority and you don't know how people are going to take it. And even if people are like, oh yeah, that's great. You just don't know how people feel. And that's what's really scary and what's really hard. You don't know what people are harboring inside and you, you care and you're more fearful of the people who you are absolutely the most closest to. Are we going to talk about Colette's coming out story? No, it's um, it's old everyone's. But favorite things about being lesbians, um, freestyling this. Number one, uh, talking about your feelings all the time. Do you do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you really do that? Because yeah. that's like my dream. It's constant. Sometimes, oh, is it? yeah. I. It's really good. I just. <laughs> do you actually really do this? It oh, it's out? so cathartic. No, chat. it's like never-ending therapy. The guy that I loved, he 
just doesn't know how to talk about his feelings. Mm. And I would find that so it, hard. I, I genuinely think the biggest trouble that we had in our relationship was not a trouble or an actual issue, but just that we couldn't talk about our feelings. Yeah, communication is yeah. huge. But huge. I, I think that with those certain types of people that just can't talk about those feelings, it's even, oh my God, it was, it was torture. I just I would I, I think that's really hard. But I think it was torture for me because all I want to do is talk about my feelings all the time. Mm. All that day. is the lesbianist thing about you, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the hair. <laughs> CBH. <laughs> Second favourite thing, sex that doesn't involve condoms. What a joy. Yeah, yeah. because you had a male thing. Okay, you? A male past. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but okay, as Somebody who, in their sexual career, probably has and should use condoms. I know what you're saying. It's like to avoid, like, just use the pull-out fucking method or whatever. But there are other reasons to use the fucking condoms. No, the STIs. Yeah, no. I'm telling you. Don't look at me and be like, no, STIs. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. ST fucking eyes. STDs, as they used to be known. Retro. Yeah, when did that change to an eye? Don't know, in the 90s. Okay, third thing, and I need to hear this from a straight person. One of my favourite things about being a lesbian is this inner lesbian community thing that you get when you're walking down the street and you see, like, two lesbians holding hands and you're like, sisters. It's like black people when you walk What's down the street, on? you're like... Do you hi. have that? You just smile at all black people, you wave, you're like... Hi. Shut up. Are you patronising me? She's lying. I'm being 100% deadly serious. Should, no, I mean, that would spend all... You'd be all day. <laughs> I don't know where you live, but not where I live. Maybe well, Tottenham. It's six minutes down the road. <laughs> if I see lesbians holding hands in the street, I'm like, cool, we're in a gang. Black people do that too. Seriously? 100%. Especially when you're in a white area. It's so nice to be in a community. I love that shit. Like, if I, I, don't I could. I see it, but I like it. Because you're really not happen? black. That's why you don't see I'm it. I'm not seeing it. It's invisible to me. <laughs> yeah. Are you not seeing the lesbians saying hello to each other to their hands? Come on. Can I ask you a question? Go for it. Favourite sexual position. If you could come back. And um, be straight. Oh, would you? Oh. No, that's an absurd question. Would you? No, no I understand I the question. I don't, I don't I think it's an absurd question. question no, but I wouldn't. But for a part of my life, when I wasn't out, I definitely would. I was like, oh god, I don't, I don't want to be gay. I don't want to be gay. I don't want to be gay. I um, my coming out story is not that exciting. It's not a big. No one's going to write a book about it. I would say, again, I was exceptionally lucky, very late in coming out, which probably played into how easy it was. And um, and at no point... I, I mean, I, I understand the idea of the question, like, would you come back as being straight? But but actually, for me, being gay, and I, it's almost like a bit of a... I feel a little bit ashamed about it. It has not been difficult for me at all. Why should, a, why should it feel difficult? You shouldn't be ashamed about that. Well, no, but I had a we should, I remember having a conversation with one of my like lesbian friends when I was at university, and I was like, oh, I was being very flippant about the idea of it, and I was a bit naive about it, and sort of like, oh, my mum would, you know, celebrate if I was a lesbian. And she sort of flipped her lid about it, and she'd obviously had a really hard time, and I was like, oh, fuck, I just really ma- messed up there. Like, it isn't easy, I appreciate that. And it probably wouldn't be easy for me, and it wasn't easy for me. I don't... In that concept, like... Yeah, I, yeah. Me and my mum didn't speak for quite a long time, and it was very confusing and difficult. But 
in hindsight, now looking back, like that's not, it wasn't a struggle. Like no one's going to write, it's not a movie that's coming out about my coming out story. Um, no, but what I'm trying to highlight here is that this is real life. There doesn't have to be a big drama or a big struggle, but it's still difficult. And I think that because we don't talk about it enough, because you probably don't get to share your story with a lot of people because it wasn't that dramatic or there wasn't a, you know, yeah. there wasn't a pub story in it. Yeah. That doesn't mean it wasn't difficult and it doesn't mean that the people that you were coming out to shouldn't respect that. It's still obscure that on a very, very regular basis, I hide who I am still. Certainly in a business environment when I'm meeting customers. Still? Oh my God, yeah. Definitely. You should come with confession. I, <laughs> I sec, I second guess it. I consider it before I say it. I always think about it before I put it out there. And even when I put it out there, I think mm, that was too overfamiliar. They don't need to know that about yourself. Like, because you don't go into a room and, and declare that you're straight. You just don't. But you know what you do do? Or not, not what you do do. Always makes me laugh. Thinks of poo. Do you know what people do? Which I find so offensive. They'll always ask you, oh, why are you single? Mm. Oh, why haven't you oh got a man God. then? And I think that's none of your damn business. I don't come up and ask you, did you have sex with your wife last night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. trying for a baby. Awful, and it's to me, like, it's that like... is why I think that is not over familiar. It is so offensive to me that you feel that in order for me to have this connection with you, when we're talking about a deal or we're negotiating something, you need to talk about my lack of being married or my lack of Absolutely. having a man. Absolutely. Oh, when so are why? you... Or if you are married, oh, when, when are you having a baby? Time? Exactly. It is so frustrating. Why, if we can talk about that, which is so personal and so intimate, can we not talk about the fact that you are about, a gay woman and you're talking about your life with your partner? I, I think there's an added thing for me, though, because I'm selling... I just don't want to ever... You know, like I wouldn't declare my religion or like anything that might walk in that fine line that's until you ex- know. That's so the exact gone. same thing as me being on the phone with somebody and then thinking that I'm white until they meet me. But that's not something that I would want to hide. But it's, it's that's such a but it's such a big definition of who I am. Of course I'm gonna I'm not gonna hide that. Why should I? I want the deal. Let me go back to the fact that I want the deal. I want <laughs> yeah, but the it's money. Wrong. I don't care about their feelings or opinions. I'm like, give a shit. Let's do the deal. <laughs> yeah. But it shouldn't be like that. No. And I think we can do no. something to change that so that in 50 years time, when you have your kids and they have their podcast, whatever futuristic level of communication they have then, that's changed. On my way home tonight, I was walking across London Bridge and I saw, saw two massive slabs of meat, like, in their freaking gym gear, big-ass beards, and holding each other's hands walking along, and I was like, how have you ended up here? I love that you have. I really almost wanted to high-five them, because I was like... Because it's like that little sense of community. I was like, oh, yes, look at you two dudes. Like, you're so in love, and not ashamed, and just going for it. And it still feels like it's... Like, why do I celebrate seeing... Like because until we can get past the fact that it's not PDGs. normal, in inverted commas, and I say normal as in it's not what we see, it's not the status quo, till that happens, we need to celebrate it so that it gets there. Just like it is now normal to see women leaders. It is normal to have a female president. It is normal, you know, it is normal to have Barack Obama and Michelle Obama mm. as some of the best first lady and first yeah. man of the United States of America yeah. that ever will be. 
You need to celebrate that until it becomes normal. And I'm using that not in the yeah. I think it's normal way as in the dictionary. Oh, I def- thinking about exactly. It yeah. And that is why you do that. And that is why Pride Month means so much to me because as somebody that has causes in my life that I'm really impassioned about and eat me up to the point where I still have venom coming out of my nose mm. when I think or talk about them, it gives me hope. Because it shows me that it just takes that momentum of those people that just give a little bit of a shit for a long period Mm. of time. And eventually that day turns into a week, turns into a month, and then it's normal. And then we don't have to celebrate this anymore because it's it's part of the status quo. And the the important part of that is like, it's those people and that giving a shit and those actions that they do. And it's about the marches and it's about the letters that they write and it's about the emails that they send and the petitions that they fill in. And it is all about that. And And that's just the struggle but and sometimes it's about as small as you looking and smiling over at that couple because sometimes that is all it takes Mm. and that is human and that is free every single person on this planet can do that every single person on this planet can make the tiniest amount of difference and it's in doing so that we're going to be able to bring about a big change and do it quickly because we don't want to wait 50 years if you, you don't, don't love, love yourself, yourself, how in the, the hell, hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> Goodbye, listeners. Thanks Goodbye. for tuning in. Happy Pride Month. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.